Life Experienced will begin right after this. Life is made up of experiences. Experiences shape our perspectives and allow us to pass along knowledge. In this podcast, I sit down with listeners like you and find out that no matter who you are, everyone has a story to tell. I'm Ethan Smith, and this is Life Experienced. When I worked at New England Baptist Hospital in Boston, I was tagged as being unassertive, and I was ta- and I even heard someone go, Cynthia Rancourt, assertive, and burst out laughing. And I thought, oh, ho, 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 you watch. Our guest today is Cynthia Rancourt. Cynthia is the general manager of an analytical chemistry company founded by her husband Jim in 1987. Cynthia has proudly led the company for the past several years, but her leadership story began 30 years ago under much different circumstances. I asked her to describe her experiences during the early years of the company. What, what types of things were, do you remember, you know, Jim specifically being involved in that took a lot of time at the beginning? Jim was 100% involved in the company. Um, and I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom at the time, and it was really important to me. So we were pretty poor, but we weren't without, but we were really poor. Um, the kids got their first pair of shoes when they walked, and they only got one pair of, like, sneakers. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> I think I, I did squeak out getting Caitlin a pretty pair of shoes for a picture um, when she was about nine months old. Jim and I have never been people that think of how hard it might be ahead of time. We just, our mode of operation is we'll figure it out as we go along. So graduate school, two kids, starting a company. Um, I was not working anymore and I didn't have any family here. I didn't, I wasn't established in a church yet. And, um, it was, it had a major impact on our marriage. It was awful. I mean, and we never had the word divorce in our vocabulary. But one day I looked at him and said, you know, I could take the kids and just go to my parents in Massachusetts. And it was like, it was like a slap in the face. And it was like, oh my gosh, what do we, what do we need to do? Um, and after that, we, we just intentionally started dating. That's what my mother told us to do. And um, we just committed to making it work somehow. So uh, work took up all of his time. And, and I understood and I accepted that. So I decided to be the part of the marriage, the part of the family to keep us together as a family. So I'd just bring supper to work and we would have a picnic with dad. Um, Jim always, always has included the kids in anything he's doing. Somehow he finds a way to bring them in on it at their level. It was awesome. So we kind of tag team that way. Um, And it took a while. Um, At that time, I would say being a young mother, no sleep, having a husband, starting a company, 
finishing a PhD, it was hard for either one of us to be there for one another. And, um, but we decided we were going to make it work, and we did. And you know, I tell everybody now, older love is awesome. Hang in there. Work it out. Work out each circumstance. If you can work out today your, you know, your conflict, you'll work it out tomorrow. Just make sure, you, and, and I guess in the Bible it says don't let the sun go down without resolving your conflict. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> As the company grew and her children entered school, Cynthia transitioned into a job at her husband's company, something she didn't believe was possible. The company here, obviously, is an analytical chemistry business. It is. So <laughs> with your background in nursing, and then... You stayed at home for a while with the kids, but then fast forward a few years and you went to work for the company. I did. So what was it like to kind of step into that since you had been kind of behind the scenes for a long time? I would say I had no idea I could do anything whatsoever at that company because I am not a chemist. But uh, at first, Jim didn't want me working there and I had left... Uh, a job at a church due to unfortunate circumstances and I was just helping out in the front office because they were so busy because I I didn't want to be home by myself. Well, a new uh, laboratory manager started asking me to help with something called quality assurance and quality um, control and um, figuring out how to take care of some findings from an audit and for some reason, I think because I learned the nursing process, um, I had a knack for it. So she started training me. And within six months, I became the quality manager. And so I started taking a system that was a series of checkboxes to make sure were in place. And I learned why that checkbox had to be checked and how we could use it to benefit the company for business, for marketing, for efficiency. Um, and and I, it, I would never in a million years have ever thought it would be something that I would be interested in or just absolutely see the tremendous value in for a business. And uh, that's where I started as a leader at the company. With more leadership experience under her belt, Cynthia began taking on even more responsibilities at the company. If you want to just kind of describe the your your path in the company. Okay. From there. My interesting path. First of all, I need to tell you a story about my husband and I working together. So when I was the stay-at-home mom, and Jim was working in as a graduate student at Virginia Tech, the secretaries, when I would see them at socials, would say, we love your husband, but if I had to live with him, I would kill him. And I would look at the secretary and chuckle and say, well, I love my husband too. And if I had to work with him, I would kill him. <laughs> so we used to always used to laugh about that for years. Because sure. Jim and I have always had a, a bantering type relationship. And in the first, I would say, 20 years of our marriage, we barked at one another a lot. And at one point, my mother said to an aunt who was visiting, who was horrified, don't worry, if they're not arguing, then we worry about the marriage. <laughs> I mean, that that was our marriage. And I remember when I heard my mother say that, I was like, huh, 
I didn't notice that. But now I'm going to back up to the leadership thing. At first, Jim didn't want me working in the company. He didn't, and he made it perfectly clear if I couldn't do my job, I would get fired. And he meant that. So I knew he was serious. And it wasn't that I was scared. I just never thought I would keep growing as a leader there. Well, then it got to the point where Jim was like pushing me forward in the front. And I ended up becoming the director of business operations. And then I became the COO. Um, I ha- I de- I've developed a knack and an ability through um, being in the Junior Women's Club, then um, working in family ministries at churches for building teams and really being good at team. Well, at Polymer Solutions Incorporated, we produce great science as a team. It is amazing, the teams and how we work together there. And that's something I champion. That's something my employees hold me accountable for. As a leader, I need to make sure I meet their needs and provide the resources for them, for them to produce the great science that we produce. So, um, so that's how I became to be the COO. And then there was one more bigger step. Well, just take us take us there because that's a great story. Jim was becoming a grumpy old man <laughs> over the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years. And I used to tell my mother, I will never let my husband become a grumpy old man. Well, then it got to the point where I remember saying to my mother, you know, he's under so much pressure. He can barely keep it all together. I really feel bad. Um, I understand why he's a grumpy old man. So I decided I would accept it. Well, about the same time, Jim said, I need a break. I'm burnt out. I want to go on a sabbatical. And I was like, okay. (laughs) Then he said, and when I'm on sabbatical, I don't want to know anything about work. Do you think you could fill in as the CEO? So I know that man, and he is, I mean, the reason why I fell in love with him is because I was the first person ever he shared his heart with, and and he still does to this day, and I wanted to do that for him. I really did. I wanted him to be happy. I spent a lot of time just thinking he was a grumpy old man, and he really wasn't that miserable, and then I realized he was. So, What I did is I did what I would do for my employees. I thought to myself, what do I need to do to make sure I can do this and to make sure I can be successful so that Jim knows his company was taken care of? So um, lo and behold, um, I have a a deep faith in God, and God came alongside me, and um, a young woman from church who I get along with Um, beautifully, I asked her if she would come be my roommate. Well, Jim lived for seven and a half weeks on the coast of Maine. And she said yes. And that was probably the whole key to why (laughs) we had a blast. So, um, but the other thing is I got provided an executive coach. And both her and her boss, another coach, actually coached Jim and I separately as well during the transition, and then afterwards the transition to Jimmy the stepping back in as CEO or not. Um, And then the other thing I did is I love tennis, and it's a great stress relief, 
forever, and I just decided I was going to make sure I played tennis. So, um, so it wasn't easy, and it was scary, and I actually developed some panic attacks, but I figured out how to get over those panic attacks. So um, it, it was a great experience for both of us. We talked every day. But we'd never talked about work except for once, and it involved our daughter. So um, it was more of a family thing. So just what does the CEO of an analytical testing company actually do? I asked Cynthia about her responsibilities and how she made the best of her leadership skills. I was in charge of making sure all the oper- different operations were working uh, smoothly enough because they all are interconnected. But largely what I did is I focused on my leaders because I realized I can't uh, micromanage. I can't be involved in everything. I have to depend on my leaders. So one of the very first things I did is I established a weekly meeting with each of my key leaders. And the, uh, the meeting was for them. And I said to them, this meeting is for you. So I want you to use this meeting to discuss whatever you need to discuss with me. And then um, I would even either encourage them. I would offer them suggestions if they needed it. And basically, I tried to listen. But then I found out um, I would add one more key ingredient. I would fill them in on other leadership things that are going on around them to help them know what the other leaders around them were going through. And some of them would realize they weren't alone. Oh, my gosh. So, you know, facilities has the same issues with communication. And um, so that was a a really good thing as well. And uh, it's so funny. Each leader shows up right on time every week because they know I'm there to champion them. This year, Cynthia's job title at the company changed from CEO to general manager. She still has the same responsibilities, perhaps a few more, but with one main difference. She and Jim completed the sale of the business to a global company this June. I asked Cynthia to describe what it was like to pursue and undergo an acquisition by another company. So your job title now is general manager. Yes. So it, you've changed. So, <laughs> but the reason for that is because that you and Jim have sold the company. We did. So, what was that process like as the CEO of of trying to find someone to buy out the company? That was an interesting process. We didn't fight. We never fought. It's amazing. We think it's a miracle. So, um, Jim basically, I stayed on as CEO, and Jim took a more um, behind the scenes. Uh, involvement with the company, including he took a lot more time off and would do work at home and not be present on site all the time. Uh, But oh my gosh, how happy he has been. But he didn't want the financial burden of the company anymore either. And I could understand that. I wanted to continue forward leading the company and growing the company. And for the past two years, we met our financial goals under my leadership. So that was a great thing. And that actually contributed towards a higher purchase price of the company. So, um, and that's a cool thing. And the other cool thing is that my husband gave me, you know, thanks and praise for that. And I I just admire 
that he has been able to keep an ego in check. And, and I work at keeping my ego in check as well. So, and that's part of choosing love, I think. So um, anyway, so Jim took the job of behind the scenes, figuring out who and how and why, you know, we would sell the company to. We ended up going through a broker, um, a really um, good company, actually. And um, we ended up interviewing without the company knowing it, um, four different opportunities. And three of them were all the same type of global company that the company that purchased us did. So um, when it came time to decide, everybody, they would do their due diligence. And that meant six weeks of intensively going behind the scenes and checking into everything and in every closet and under every, you know, seat cushion um, to make sure that the company was sound and the company was all that we put out there. Um, we had to get even more creative at not lying to the our, our employees, but asking for information that I didn't have. I had to get it from Riley. <laughs> so my my um, business administration manager, uh, our son Joshua, who works with us, we had to let him in on a little bit more, um, and so he could get some more information for us to give to this company. But right up until the very end, we kept it a secret. But during the whole six-month process, I prepared my executive team for change, and I prepared all my leaders for change. And I had a specific goal for the year and a goal, a goal for um, growth and how you handle change during growth so that by the time it would happen, they were strengthened. And uh, the other thing I did is I increased my executive team, and I'm so glad I did. Um, I have five people on my executive team now. They represent the five different major areas of the company. So... Um, so that's been a great thing, too. And then as soon as the company got sold on June 1st, the executive team, we switched to, how do we get through the integration? <laughs> Which is fine. And, it, and in this company, I'm, is, SGS is still a great company, high integrity. They bought us for our, our scientific expertise. And every single day, they have proven that's true. So um, I, have a lot, I have more responsibility, though. So <laughs> I'm going to even have outside the company business responsibility as well. But I'm actually, I'm so excited and I'm looking forward to it. And I can see Jim's getting a little bit excited, even though, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't want to work necessarily full time, but he is, but he's getting more excited too. Cynthia's journey from stay-at-home mom to CEO has provided many experiences to reflect on throughout her life. I asked her if she had any advice to give based on these experiences. Certainly, you've all of these experiences have given you an outlook on life, certain perspectives. So if you, if you had to reflect on, on all of the things that have happened to you and you were talking to yourself, you know, <laughs> 30 years ago, what, what kinds of things would you say as, as words of encouragement or any kind of a, a message to people who may be going through something similar? 
I, I think it's important to embrace whatever experience you have and positively forward. You, if you fail, use it to fail forward, to improve. If you go through an extremely difficult time, one that you just feel like you don't have the strength to get through, but you, I would encourage you, do all that you can to push forward and to get through it and to find a way to have a positive result that strengthens you. I think early in my life, I would think if I just get through this, then life will be smooth sailing from there on. That never happens. We, I mean, God gives me a chance to grow and strengthen every single day and how I choose that incredible opportunity impacts if I'm going to be, if I'm going to grow, be successful, or be offered another opportunity forward. I would never have imagined in a million years I would be a general manager of a global company. Um, And I'm just very thankful every day. So I would say embrace your challenge and grow as much as you can from it. Um, Yeah. Cynthia's story of hard work, leadership, and love serves as an inspiration to all of us. I hope you'll take her advice and savor every opportunity that you have. Life Experienced is hosted and produced by Ethan D. Smith and is primarily distributed via D-Sound, a decentralized audio sharing platform built on the Steam blockchain. For more information, visit dsound.audio. The music in this podcast is composed by Lee Rosevere and used under Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 license. For more information, visit freemusicarchive.org. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you like the podcast, be sure to share it with others. If you have an interesting experience that you want to share, please let me know by tweeting at Ethan D. Smith or visiting ethandsmith.com. For those of you still listening, I asked Cynthia for some of the most memorable or interesting projects that the company has worked on during her time there. Her response did not disappoint. Just one more and kind of more on the, of a lighthearted note. So I know you, over the 30 years you've had the company, there have been a lot of projects, a lot of interesting things that I know you've told me about. So what, what, would, you th- what would you say is one of the most interesting projects that you've worked on that you can tell me about <laughs> that, um, that can kind of give people an idea of the types of work that you do at your company? Okay. We were asked to um, test something on a sh- white, shirt tail that appeared red and um for a lawyer and um we did and we were able to pretty much determine that it was lipstick and we pretty much um, heard from the lawyer that it was her husband's shirt but that wouldn't be the normal material that we <laughs> test. Um, another one would be a large container of cheesy puffs. The company was um, deter- determined to believe that the, con- the company 
that their supplier that made the container um, changed the container and it was causing their cheesy puffs to smell or it was smelling with their cheesy puffs. Well, when we all was said and done and we did the testing, we had to tell them that their cheesy puffs were rancid. And then another one that is just crazy is we were asked by a university to test seal blubber. It arrived in a soft-sided lunchbox in our mailbox on a summer afternoon. It must have been <laughs> 80 degrees. And it literally was leaking all out the sides. My um, administrative assistant out front who went and got the m- mail got so upset because it leaked all over her hands she could not get the smell off her hands, so we had to go out to Lowe's and get Gojo yeah. <laughs> to help get the smell off her hands. And then I had to start telling her I was concerned she was going to break down her skin if she didn't stop washing her hands. That was crazy. Yeah. What was the outcome there? <laughs> um, we told them they would have to send more seal and they would have to make sure it was packed in dry ice and in an appropriate container and everything and we and they had someone send it from Alaska actually it was a university in the Midwest but um they were like we are so sorry we never thought through that because they have snow and ice up in Alaska all the time right so um so it's a big joke now at work (laughs) (laughs) it was bad Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. And once again, I'm Ethan Smith, reminding you to get out there and experience life.